Time now for Dr. Health Radio, radio's original health news magazine, bringing you the latest information on medicine, nutrition, fitness and wellness, and now in its 31st year. Your host of Dr. Health Radio is health expert David Snow, who is not a doctor, and while most of David's guests are doctors or authorities in their areas of expertise, they do not diagnose or prescribe on the air. If you have a condition or illness that requires medical attention, see a health professional. The information contained in this program is for education educational, and entertainment purposes only. And now, your host of Dr. Health Radio, the snowman himself, David Snow. Here's a question for you. Why does Frankenstein laugh every time he gets a physical? The answer, the doctor keeps him in stitches. Welcome to a pre-Halloween weekend edition of the program. Just think of us as your weekly radio physical, or audio physical, if you will. And we hope you're having a physically active weekend. Thank you so much for joining us and tuning in to the Healthiest Hour on Radio. I am the snowman, David Snow, keeping you cool and healthy as we do it each and every week at this time here on the program. And we always want to make your weekend strong and healthy with the information we have for you this morning. Today on the show, Dr. Ellen Albertson joins us. She's a psychologist, registered dietitian, and researcher And since October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I thought we'd end the month, round it out with a show on an all-important topic for your health, both for men and women, but especially women. And uh, so we'll be talking about all the ways you can prevent breast cancer as well as how to mitigate or uh, minimize the uh, risks as well as uh, effective, safe and effective treatments and and everything in between, Uh, obviously. The field of oncology has excelled uh, tremendously over the years and decades, Uh, but uh, just how accurate is the diagnostic technique or the techniques that they have and uh, treatment procedures and much more. We'll talk about um, all the uh, conventional as well as complementary therapies with Dr. Ellen Albertson in just a few minutes. But first, uh, some of our uh, regular news features and our weekly features as well as news you can use. Well, okay. <laughs> now, this is one type of corn that I'd never recommend. It's, In fact, it's harmful to your health. Can you guess what it is? It's not the corn that you make tortillas out of. It's, uh, well, tomorrow is National Candy Corn Day. <laughs> A day to celebrate the sweet tricolored treat. You know, actually, it used to be my favorite Halloween candy when I was a little kid. Uh, it was actually created in the 1880s by the Wonderly Candy Company. Today, almost 9 billion pieces of candy corn are produced annually. Oh, in fact, I got one for you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Acorn. Acorn who? Acorny joke. Okay. All right. Um, Moving right along. (laughs) Uh, I have been accused of being corny, and uh, but whole grain corn, of course. Hey, do you have a cat? Well, maybe uh, maybe you have more than one. Well, today is National Cat Day, October 29th. And uh, so for all you uh, cat lovers out there, you know, cats have so many personalities, no pun intended. Uh, but um, having a pet, uh, whether it's a cat or dog or other pet, is a very healthy, uh, healthy uh, I guess, lifestyle habit or... Um, lifestyle feature because they've found, a, you know, we've covered various research over the years that uh, pet lovers or pet owners are uh, tend to be healthier on average, other things considered, than non-pet owners. So, uh, And uh, one of our partners here, Hawaiian Organic Noni, they have a whole line of pet products, non-toxic ways to repel fleas and help heal uh, sores and um, various uh, ailments that your pet is suffering from. You can go to realnoni.com. Just giving them a little mention there for all of you pet lovers because most pet lovers and uh, pet owners don't want to give their pets anything toxic. So that's a real safe and effective alternative for not only fleas but also healing various uh, ailments or maladies that your pet may have. Realnoni.com and just look under the pet uh, heading. All right, tomorrow is the birth anniversary of Charles Atlas. If you're old enough to remember him, you remember the commercials where the um, uh, the legendary sand-kicking episode, uh, which was used in advertising, 
for his uh, mail order bodybuilding course, uh, it actually occurred to it. It, it, it was a, a real life uh, situation that occurred with him uh, on Coney Island in New York when a lifeguard kicked sand in his face and stole his girlfriend. And that's how that came about. But uh, anyway, his real name was Angelo Siciliano, and he was born in Calabria, Italy. But, uh, you know, long before Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jack LaLanne, who uh, was a regular guest on our show, a personal friend of mine, um, he was a bodybuilder and physical culturist and um, had a... And, and I sent for it back when I was a teenager. I remember sending for the... Uh, it was just a paper uh, Xeroxed uh, form kind of thing. Uh, where you uh, mailed in your money and they, they sent out this uh, guide, uh, like putting two chairs apart, uh, two kitchen chairs and doing uh, a dip kind of push up. And uh, anyway, uh, it was kind of kind of a fun thing. All right. Uh, during this holiday weekend before Halloween, with all the uh, sugary candy most of you will be eating, you can help minimize the beating up of your teeth uh, that they're going to take from all the carbohydrate eating. And how can you do that? Well, give Spry a try. It's the 100% xylitol, pure xylitol line of products from Clear. That's X-L-E-A-R, but it's pronounced clear. You don't pronounce the X. And my favorite is the Spry Dental Defense System Sugarless Chewing Gum uh, in a variety of flavors, uh, cinnamon and spearmint. Peppermint is my favorite. That's what I always buy. But besides the gum, uh, Spry also offers mints and mouthwash and toothpaste, and other dental care products to protect your teeth from the invisible sugar monster, since it's Halloween and people thinking of monsters. You know, it's the, the monsters that you can't see are the ones that are really going to take you out or affect your health in a deleterious way, of, you know, viruses, bacteria. And I'm talking about the Streptococcus mutans bacteria that causes tooth decay and attack the surfaces of your tooth enamel. So you'll find all the spray products at your nearest natural food store, Pharmacies, uh, virtually all, uh, you know, retailers like Target and and most other fine retailers as well. And ironically, it's all all the ones that also sell candy. <laughs> so here's the antidote for the candy: Spry S P R Y. That's the name to remember for improving your oral health. And I know some doctors and dentists that actually give it out as Halloween treats, uh, which uh, that will uh, help to counteract all the all the candy in the the bag of Halloween candy that the kids collect at the end of the night. All right, uh, elsewhere in the news, time for your nutrition tip of the week. The snowman says, go light on eating the Itos. What do I mean by that? The Cheetos, Doritos, Fritos, Crunchitos, uh, you know, any other Itos or fried chips in the snack aisle. Of course, it's okay to crunch away once in a while. But uh, you might want to count the the individual chips you're eating and not the individual bags of chips you're eating because, as we all know, nobody can eat just one, right? All right, just a nutrition tip for you there to um, implement into your lifestyle. And uh, here's a health and hygiene tip. Now, this is a frightening fact uh, uh, just before Halloween. Do you know what the everyday item that virtually all of you have in your house that's dirtier than a toilet seat, and yet you walk on it every day, there's a big hint. Well, surprise, one of them is your carpet. 200,000 bacteria live in each square inch. I'm talking square inch, folks, not square uh, you know, yard or square foot of carpet. Every square inch of carpet has 200,000 bacteria that live in it. That's 700 times more than what's on the average toilet seat. <laughs> So uh, you definitely want to, I mean, all the, you know, if you have to have carpet, uh, shout out to all the uh, carpet cleaners out there. You want to deep clean your uh, carpet at least once a year and, of course, vacuum it regularly. But that's a scary statistic, if you ask me. Are you having a bad hair day? Well, it might be in your genes, the genetic cause of uncombable hair. Listen to this. It's been found for um, a genetic cause has been found for uncomfortable, I was going to say uncomfortable, well, that's uncomfortable too, but uncombable hair syndrome. That's actually a syndrome, uh, which makes frizzy blonde hair stick out at right angles to the scalp. Now, the wild hair has been linked to mutations in a particular gene, which encodes an enzyme that helps 
produce a hair protein. This is from the American, uh, let's see, that's from American Medical Association's uh, Dermatology Journal. Okay, let's talk about a candle scandal. Now, no aroma says autumn like pumpkin, right? The, the smell of pumpkin pie. But if that fragrance is emanating not from your oven, but from a candle, you're smelling trouble. And here's why. The uh, scented candles can release limonene. Now, limonene is uh, beneficial if you uh, ingest it, like uh, in citrus fruits, but it's a chemical that reacts with ozone to create formaldehyde, which is, of course, a known carcinogen. And if a candle contains paraffin, which is a uh, petroleum derivative, of course, it can emit uh, other chemicals that have been linked to cancer, uh, as well as the soot that candles produce. So... um, you have to use a candle, use a beeswax candle that doesn't produce the soot. And um, because they, these can irritate the lungs, and uh, although no candle is without risks, even the unscented petroleum-free ones uh, do release some uh, unwanted um, noxious uh, aromatics uh, that, that you can breathe. But if you have to use candles, 100% beeswax candles contain no chemicals, Okay. Oh, righty. Let's see. Where else are we going here? All right. We got much more news and not too much time left. So let's go right to the um, fitness file. Now, if you want your abs to show, and by the way, I I don't want abs. uh, Well, that is abnormalities. (laughs) I do want abs. Absolutely. All the cookies in the bag. (laughs) No, but if you want abdominals to show, you know, the so-called six-pack, first of all, one of my tips from long ago is don't drink a six-pack if you want to wear a six-pack on your your chest, your core body. But um, you really need to get lean, and I'm talking really lean. So how healthy is it to have a single-digit body fat uh, percentage? Well, um, according to this study... Uh, the uh, the answer lies in your genes. A healthy body fat percentage differs, of course, for all individuals. But uh, according to this this expert, he says that uh, it can be healthy at a very low percentage, whereas others, uh, for others, it won't be. So um, you know, it might be okay for you to have ten percent body fat, and usually it's ten percent or below that uh, is needed to have your abs really show. Um, but uh, while the uh, toned physique is somewhere between 5 and 15%, they say uh, single-digit body fat is considered staged lean. That means not easily attainable. It's the magazine-covered uh, you know, models that you see uh, in, the, uh, in the press and media and so on. But it's not really achievable without a 24-7 effort, and, uh, and it might not be as healthy. Uh, remember, fat is an organ, and your your body needs a certain amount to function. And without fat, uh, the reserves of fat, your immune system takes a battering, your testosterone levels plummet, uh, metabolism kind of stutters. So, um, oh, there's there's a price to pay for those visible abs. Okay, just uh, just do you know? And and like they say, eighty percent of abs occur or are built in the kitchen. So uh, diet is all important for abs. Okay, walking. Uh, You don't necessarily have to go to the gym. Walking helps outsmart knee pain. Uh, You can just walk around the block and that helps. Uh, This from Baylor College of Medicine in Houston. This is a study of uh, 1,000 osteoarthritis sufferers ages 50 and older. And they found that walking for exercise reduced the risk of pain by 40%. I mean, that's equivalent to some pain relievers. Taking regular walks, they say, helps circulate oxygen and nutrient-rich joint fluid, of course. That's what our joints are made for, moving. Uh, and that slows the future damage within the joint. And remember, it's always better to wear out than to rust out. But uh, chances are if you uh, walk, uh, you, don't want, you don't want to walk through serious pain, but um, you know, walking can ease pain if you're already uh, in discomfort, if it's a mild form of discomfort. Okay, uh, let's see couple minutes left before we get on to our guest, Dr. Ellen Albertson. Um, Let's go to matters of sexual health. What distinguishes, you know, I thought I was, uh, I didn't think I was a prude, but (laughs) I've never heard of this. I must say, digisexual, can you, have you heard of this sexual identity? Uh, It's uh, it's those who find a connection, and this is not healthy, but I'll explain what it is. 
they find their connection with technology to be very close to the connections we would make with human partners. This, according to uh, Neil MacArthur, a researcher, he says, with tech developments making it easier than ever to omit real-world relationships, um, the uh, the future for digisexuals is looking, well, should we say fully charged? I don't know, you know, the sex robots and AI partners and VR porn and so on. All right, uh, and then exercise and sex, getting back to fitness and uh, as it relates to sexual health. Uh, maintaining a good exercise routine, according to experts, is beneficial for your sexual health. Uh, that uh, goes without saying, but as they say, the things that go without saying will always be said, so I'm saying them. Uh, it raises your body's production of endorphins as well as sex hormones and uh, helps to boost your sex drive. So helps to increase your libido without drugs or surgery or anything else. So, you know, your physical and mental fitness is so intricately connected to your ability to having a satisfying sex life. Okay, finally, in the Funny Bone Pharmacy... With Halloween just a few days away, many of you think of spiders on this holiday. So how do you find a spider on the Internet? <laughs> Check out his website, of course. All right, uh, a couple others. What's a werewolf's favorite day of the week? That would be Moon Day. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you the one about the vampire because I don't want to be accused of making a vain attempt at humor, so I, I'm not going to tell you that one. And finally, old age is like an old horse. The plumbing leaks, excuse me, an old house. <laughs> not a horse. The plumbing leaks, the wiring is shot, and half the shingles are missing. <laughs> well, this old body is a lot like this old house, right? All right, that's it for the uh, this segment of the news. When we come back, Dr. Alan Elberson uh, joins us, and we're going to be talking about a very serious topic breast cancer on the menu here on Dr. Health Radio. Don't go anywhere if you want to stay healthy. Back right after this as Dr. Health Radio continues. Sorry, yogurt. Although you're high in calcium and protein, in the real world of potent probiotics, uh, well, let's just say you're not that potent. While many consume you thinking they're getting enough probiotic bacteria for good gut health, the fact is, you yogurts can't compete with the medical strength probiotic like Theralac. Plus, you yogurts, well, most of you, have so much sugar and other ingredients that it defeats the purpose of eating you in the first place. So while we'll always be fond of you and other fermented foods, we want to make sure our listeners also take a potent probiotic like Theralac. That's because just one capsule of Theralac is equal to more than 200 cartons of yogurt in the beneficial bacteria that it delivers to the gut. And if your doctor advises you to just eat some yogurt after a course of antibiotics, without a strong probiotic like Theralac, it can take up to two years to reestablish your healthy gut flora. Look for Theralac in the refrigerated section of your favorite health store or go to Theralac.com. Noni has been used by Polynesians and Hawaiians for over 2,000 years as their main medicinal plant. Now our new products bring the power of noni fruit to you in a pleasant-to-use form. Noni fruit leather is made from pure, organic, unfermented fruit and offers relief for many health problems inside and out. Our soothing lavender noni lotion helps with pain, skin ailments, and sports injuries. Noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion are available online or at most health food stores. Try our noni lotion and fruit leather for improved health and energy. Mom, can I have some spray? Sure, honey. Thanks, Mom. You know what that is? That's the sound of my child thanking me for giving her something that's actually good for her teeth. Spry Gum is part of the Spry Dental Defense System, a complete line of oral care products made with 100% xylitol, the all-natural sweetener with proven dental benefits. So when we're at home, my whole family uses Spry toothpaste and mouthwash to help strengthen our teeth and reduce the risk of tooth decay. And when we're on the go, I just throw some Spry gum and mints right into my bag. My kids love it, and I love that it's all natural. No sugar, no aspartame, or any other chemicals. Just think of that. I reward my kids for taking care of their teeth at home by giving them gum and mints on the go that are good for their teeth. Visit SpryDental.com or ask for Spry by name at your local health food store. You can also ask your dentist about Spry. And make sure your mouth is receiving all the benefits of 100% xylitol products. At Vitamin Shop, Sprouts, Kroger, and most natural product retailers. Find a retailer near you at clear.com. 
Hey, no low info on this show, only highly concentrated, condensed and crystallized content to make you a healthier person. David Snow on your radio, thanks so much for joining us and making us a part of your weekend. A reminder, our show does rebroadcast tonight, 12 hours from the time you're listening to it in the morning on the station you're listening to right now. Or you can go to the website, drhealthradio.com, that's D-O-C-T-O-R, healthradio.com, after next Wednesday to hear the show again. And in our, uh, on our phone conference line, I should say, is Dr. Ellen Albertson. She's a psychologist as well as registered dietitian and author and researcher. And since October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're having her on talking about breast cancer prevention, treatment, and um, detection, and much more. And we'd like to welcome her back to the Dr. Health Radio microphones this morning. Good morning, Dr. Albertson. How the health are you? I am fabulous, David. Thank you so much for having me on again. I had such a great time with you last time, and this is such an important topic, so I'm so glad that you're sharing this with your listeners. Well, absolutely, and the feeling is mutual, by the way. Now, what are today's odds of a woman having breast cancer? I've heard, uh, in fact, one person told me recently one in three, but I thought, well, I thought it was one in eight uh, as far as the detection of breast cancer, but what, what are the statistics as of today? Yeah, so it's about 13%. So it's one in eight. Yeah, oh, um, I think I the one in three that you're getting is any cancer over the lifetime. Okay. But breast cancer um, is very common in women. Um, it's about, you know, the, it, in terms of the number of women who get it in America, the American Cancer Society says it's about a little bit over a quarter of a million women will be diagnosed in 2022. They have it at 287,850. So mm. um, it's pretty high. Oh, that's very high. Yes. And as of that percentage, uh, Dr. Albertson, what uh, is it um, in the beginning stages or, uh, for instance, what stage uh, or uh, what percentage is found at stage, you know, uh, two or four or uh, in, in advanced stages uh, versus uh, uh, 1A or something like that? Yeah, um, you know, I don't have that specific number for you, David. But what I would, what I'm here to say is that, you know, early detection saves lives. So I think that from what you know, I've gathered from the, I was diagnosed back in April, so it's kind of a new arena for me. Cancer was not on my vision board. I never thought that I would have to deal with this. I am literally the healthiest person I know. But my sense is that there are more and more women who are being. Uh, diagnosed early, my like in my situation where it's 1A or even zero, because the, the diagnostics are so much better, right? We are getting the word out about early detection, whether, you know, you are doing, um, you're doing a self-exam, you know, this, uh, that idea of doing a self-exam in the shower, if you notice any lumps, even before you can feel anything, which was where I was at, um, having diagnostics such as a mammogram, as well as something called a breast density ultra, uh, a breast density scan. This is something I wasn't aware of. I have dense breasts, so my breast cancer was actually found with an ultrasound. Um, just like a mammogram, you know, it takes a couple of minutes, totally painless. But the thing about having a dense breast is that you have a higher risk of breast cancer, and it's much harder to read a mammogram. But my sense is that more and more breast cancers are being detected early because we're getting the word out and also because diagnostics are so much better. Okay. Now, on the flip side, Dr. Albertson, what about overdiagnosis? Just like uh, uh, with prostate cancer in men, a lot of times it's overly diagnosed, and uh, if it was just watchful waiting, they would have, you know, they might have breast, I mean, uh, prostate cancer, but they usually die of something else before the prostate cancer ever does them in. And uh, so it is with, uh, in some cases, with breast cancer. I've, I've read and, and talked to researchers that they, you know, it's overdiagnosis. And, and just like with, I mean, I, I know personally friends that have had their prostate, can, uh, prostate gland out just because they don't want to deal with it. Okay, you know, they tell the doctor, I, you know, get it out of my body, blah, blah, blah. And, and as you know, uh, there are a lot of women that have had breast uh, or mastectomies because uh, they don't want to, you know, they, they just don't want to uh, have it happen in the future again, or um, maybe they, you know, for whatever reason. And so what about the overdiagnosis? I just want to put that out there to uh, have you comment on that as well. Yeah, I would say, you know, breast cancer is a little different, I think, than prostate um, in that, 
you know, let's face it, you, you don't actually need your breasts. They're not doing anything if you're done with your reproductive time, right? If you're still thinking of nursing and certainly there are other reasons that, that you want them there for body image and for sensation sexually and things like that. But the thing about it is it is very dangerous. And I think, we're, you know, with breast cancer, there is some, um, some false positives. So people who are told that they have it, um, when they get the, the screens, I think what's projected is about 15% of them, approximately one in seven, will be overdiagnosed. But then, you know, it certainly is something that you're going to get a biopsy. So if you, you know, if they tell you that you have breast cancer, generally the next step is to biopsy the cancer, and then they can really do a full pathology report and determine what type of cancer you have if you really do have cancer. So I think here, the, you know, the point is to get a second opinion. I think prostate cancer, again, I'm not an, I'm not an oncologist, so I don't know the specifics, but my sense is that, um, you know, prostate cancer perhaps grows a little slower. They right. can keep it under control in a lot of ways. The breast cancer, particularly what I had, is very, very deadly. So I had something um, called HER2 positive, which is a type of breast cancer that can uh, metastasize, that grows very rapidly, that is, that is really a killer, that can kill you. So mm -hmm. I think that it, it, you know, it's very important to make sure to get a you know, second opinion. I went to Dana-Farber. I had a second opinion. Um, I had a biopsy. So it's not something to be ignored. You know, mm -hmm. if you notice a lump, you know, if, if they say that you have, that they've, they've found something, um, make sure that you get the right diagnostics around it. But, it, you know, it can really be deadly. Have you done any research, Dr. Albertson, on uh, the fact that, well, let's, let's talk about breast augmentation. It's still one of the top, if not the top, plastic surgery procedure for women. And, uh, and that has to affect breast density. And how do implants play into uh, diagnosis and, and uh, either a contributing factor to breast cancer or just uh, the uh, detection of it? Yeah, well, I think that um, it's not going to it's not going to impact your breast density. Um, you know, there is a possible link to cancers um, more because of the uh, the implants might have a negative impact on your immune system, and right. you know, of course, cancer is part of it. It's, it's multifactorial, but. Your immune system, we all have cancer cells in our bodies, but our True. immune system knows how to detect them and eliminate them. And, you know, with a cancer, the immune system is not functioning as well as it could be or should be. So I do think that there is, um, there is some, you know, information out there that, that having breast implants could increase your risk. So, you know, it is definitely, you know, the FDA has, has issued some safety warnings about that. But I think that with any cancer, with any health issue, you know, you are an end of one. So it's super important to know your family history. So after I was diagnosed, I actually found out as well that I have a BRCA mutation. So I have a genetic mutation that puts me at a 50% risk of developing a breast cancer across my lifetime, you wow. know, in terms of the statistical. Uh -huh. So I think it's really important. Like, so if you have a family history of cancer, particularly, you know, of breast cancer, if you are genetically tested, then it really is something to think about, you know, with your doctor and um, also to you know, consider, is it really worth it for you? Like I had a woman on, I have a radio show as well, a woman who had a double mastectomy and she actually has stage four cancer, an amazing woman, and it's not curable. But she, when she had the mastectomy, she opted to have the implant. She wasn't mm -hmm. able to have it, you know, from her body in terms of the reconstruction. So it's really a very individualized personal, sure. you know, choice that is really based on your personal um, history. Like I chose to keep my breasts because uh, for a variety of reasons, I like the way I look. I didn't want to put myself through that. And it's a decision I can certainly make down the road if I choose to do so. All right. On that note, Dr. Albertson, we're a little behind for taking our bottom of the hour break. And when we come back, I want to ask you about the various, not only modalities of um, detection, such as mammography, and I'll ask you about thermography, which is a non-invasive uh, supposedly effective uh, way of detecting breast cancer, but also uh, the various modalities of treating different, this particular type of cancer. 
whether we should combine complementary with conventional therapies or which one's better, uh, which side has uh, more evidence behind it, and uh, various uh, diagnostic and treatment techniques and procedures accordingly. Back after this with more information for your good health, so don't go anywhere if you want to stay healthy. Back right after this as Dr. Health Radio continues. Since 70% of your immune system is in your gut, don't you think it's time to take a little better care of it? After all, so many things you're doing to it are affecting its function. Not getting enough fiber, eating too much sugar, excess stress and alcohol, as well as that sedentary lifestyle. So maybe it's time for a tune-up, an intestinal tune-up, with the medical strength probiotics from Master Supplements. Their signature Theralac, recommended by doctors for more than 15 years, will rapidly colonize your intestinal tract with the specific gut-friendly strains of potent beneficial bacteria and their patent protected delivery system has garnered Theralac and their other probiotics with a worldwide reputation for results. There's also True Flora, a unique probiotic and enzyme blend with bio-cleansing effects and True Bifido, specifically formulated for colon support. See all of the Master Supplements products at your nearest natural food store or go to Theralac.com. Master Supplements, the probiotic pioneers. Want to get at the core issues that make weight loss so difficult? Try PGX from Natural Factors. This revolutionary product is clinically shown to help people achieve their ideal body weight in a safe, natural way. PGX helps you feel full for hours, dramatically reduces the glycemic index of any food, and improves the action of insulin. If you've ever tried to lose weight and failed, you need the tremendous support of PGX. Learn more at PGX.com. Copycats? They're out there. Be strong and healthy. Tune in to the big dog. Dr. Health Radio, radio's original health news magazine. Snow, 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 snow. It is David Snow on your radio. Welcome back to staying cool and healthy on the weekend. We help to keep your weekend strong and healthy. And a reminder, our show is rebroadcast tonight. 12 hours from the time you're listening to it in the morning on the same station you're listening to right now. Appreciate you tuning in and um, uh, tuning in to Dr. Ellen Albertson. And our topic of discussion this hour is breast cancer because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, Dr. Albertson, let's uh, get back to talking about various aspects of breast cancer, the, the various modalities of detection, and then I'll ask you about treatment. But what about... Uh, is mammography still the gold standard, or I know there's thermography that's up and coming as far as a supposedly safe and effective way of detecting breast cancer? What are your um, what is your research uncovered there? So, really, the only way to definitively determine whether or not you have breast cancer is to get a biopsy. So, right. the point is to use lots of different things in your your toolkit. So, I had a negative mammogram in October. Um, of 2021. So I was told I was totally fine. Then I had a positive uh, result. They, they saw what's called a, a stage five um, a mass, which means it's 95% that it was a tumor. But the only way to definitively detect not only whether or not it's breast cancer, but what type of breast cancer it is, is really with a biopsy. Now, thermography does play a role. The cool thing about thermography is, is twofold. First of all, um, it doesn't have any negative effects. So, you know, a lot of times people are worried about mammogram, mammograms, x-rays, you know, CAT scans, all of those things have very, very small risk. But people, you know, might have an issue with some of those things. Um, what thermography does as well is it can detect cells that are dividing more quickly than healthy cells, and cancer cells divide very, very quickly. So it can detect some surface-level level cancers, but it is not definitive. So what, you know, really it can be used for is what's called, an, you know, adjunct. Yes, right. So if you're getting your, you know, if you're, you're getting your yearly mammogram, or in my case, maybe I wanted to detect something earlier. You can have that as part of your toolbox that you are using. Again, if you've got dense breasts, you want to throw in the ultrasound, which is, again, there's no side effects to that. It's just sound waves that they're, they're detecting. And so, 
you know, you want to use a combination, but again, you want to talk to your doctor. It depends on age. It depends on family history. It depends on, you know, what kind of risk you want to undertake. For me, because I've decided to not have a double mastectomy, you know, I probably will do a combination of ultrasound, mammogram, and MRIs. I mean, MRIs are also really, you know, fantastic at, at detecting it, but you're not going to get that unless you've already had something that has been found because um, they are, you know, a more comprehensive test that's more expensive. So you also want to make sure, like, if, if you care about health insurance, what your health insurance company is going to cover. Health insurance companies generally cover mammograms, probably um, breast density as well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, an MRI and a thermography is really going to depend on where you're at and what kind of plan you have. All right. So now, they're all great tools, though. Okay. Yeah, no, those are, uh, that's good advice indeed. Now, with all the various modalities of treating this type of cancer, breast cancer, uh, isn't the best approach to combine both complementary as well as conventional therapies? I mean, I think that's what you're getting at with the, the, some of the descriptions you're giving. Absolutely. And that's, that is what I did. And I think that the, the, you know, the conventional is pretty straightforward. It's surgery, it's radiation, and it, it may be some type of chemical treatment, whether that is chemotherapy, an immunotherapy drug, or there also are uh, medications like tamoxifen for hormone positive cancer. So there is, there's a lot of tools in the toolbox. And I mm-hmm. think the immunotherapy is super exciting. But let's talk about, you know, complementary, which I'm a huge proponent of. Um, the complementary is also fantastic for both managing the side effects of the conventional treatment. And there is some research too that it may also help with combating the actual cancer itself. So for me, you know, I have a oncologist, a breast cancer surgeon, and a radiologist, but then I also have an integrative medical doctor who was actually a breast cancer surgeon herself and then had a disease herself and decided to go back to school and learn more about integrative and functional medicine. I have a board-certified um, uh, oncology certified naturopath who's awesome because he can look at what the um, the oncologist is doing and say these are safe things to use with the type of medications that you are using. Um, and then um, I also have a uh, osteopathic doctor and I do get vitamin C infusions. So I oh, felt like interesting. Yeah, I felt like that was a good thing to add. I mean, there's not certainly with supplementation we don't have the definitive information the way that we do you know, around pharmaceuticals. But I've read about vitamin C and felt like, yep, it seems like a really good thing to add on. I'm also getting some acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm doing things like infrared sauna to help my body detox. Before our call, you, you called me briefly. I was about to get on my trampoline to get my lymphatic system moving. And certainly a healthy diet is so important. Um, really keeping your mind positive, uh, making sure that you're physically active. If you're physically active, you're 25% less likely to develop breast cancer. Certainly helps you through any kind of treatment. Um, so, and certainly a whole food, plant based diet, getting lots of phytochemicals, antioxidants. You know, in supplementation, I'm taking all kinds of mushrooms. I love turkey tail. There's some, you know, oh, yeah. nice. Um, benefits around turkey tail. I'm taking um, uh, curcumin, turmeric. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm taking a whole slew of supplements on top and just, you know, there's, there's really such an upside to the, the natural route. And it feels like there's something for me, like doing the vitamin C feels like something positive that I'm doing for my body. Right, um, right. And also really doing the best I can to stay in remission. Yeah, and uh, since you mentioned Coriolis, or the uh, turkey tail mushroom, the Coriolis, uh, were you aware that that's, uh, the, an extract of that is actually a cancer, a prescribed uh, cancer drug in Japan? I didn't realize yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that's a that, derivative you know, of of uh, Coriolis, which is turkey tail mushroom. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, the chem, first chemo came from I can't remember something like um, the 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 drug that that I opted out of though came from some I think pine tree. Uh, so so well, that, many. That's of taxol. Taxol is taxol, from pine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yep. So, so many of the things that are used, I mean, let's think about, you know, aspirin, right? It's white willow bark. Right. So people have been using natural medicines. Now, I'm not at all saying, you know, although that, that's an option too. I mean, some people do opt to try to heal breast cancer naturally. Mm-hmm. I personally think that um, it makes sense to to at least do the surgical because when you remove the tumor first, you know, you're removing that tumor that that could kill you. And you're also lessening the burden on your immune system, Mm -hmm. having to, you know, having to, to deal with that tumor. Um, I opted into radiology, um, having, you know, um, that treatment, I looked at the pros and the cons and I opted out of the, um, the taxol of the chemo, Okay, but I am getting Herceptin. Okay, now have you seen or heard of the um, uh, kind of the philosophy or uh, the, I guess it's a hypothesis, I don't know if it's uh, proven, but that surgery uh, could possibly spread the cancer, whether it's not not only breast cancer, but other cancers as well, as far as, uh, you know, once once it's, um, depending on how uh, aggressive, I guess, the, the surgery is, and I'm sure it depends on the type of surgery, the size of the tumor, and there's a lot of variables, but uh, that... Uh, surgery can, can cause cancer cells to spread in the body uh, more so than uh, with the body containing it in one area of, of you know, uh, isolating it in one area of the body. I don't know if you've... Yeah, I certainly have heard that. I mean, that's yeah. the whole idea that if you're, you know, if you are disturbing that tumor, right. it could potentially leach into your lymphatic or your bloodstream and nest somewhere else in the body. So mm. I definitely have, have heard that. But Again, it's such a personal choice, and I think that, you know, um, when I wrote my book, Rock Your Midlife, that empowerment step, which is my fifth step, really came into play to advocate for yourself, to do your research, to listen to your intuition, and also the first step of authenticity is so important of, you know, what are your core values? For me, you know, my, one of my top core values is wellness, so every time I thought about a treatment, I thought, well, is this something that I'm going to regret when I'm 80? And I look back and I say, gosh, why did you do that? Um, that can't, you can't change that now. So I think it's, it's a very individualized choice, but I think the most important first step is to get out of your fear brain. So that's like my fourth step in Rock Your Midlife is to reprogram your mind when you hear that word, cancer. Uh, you're just, you go into this fear tunnel, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. you just sort of, a lot of people just say, tell me what to do, doctor. And they go right down the, the conventional path, which is, that's your choice. It's fine. But you have other options, certainly adding in um, complementary care. I love that the hospital where uh, UVM, where I've gotten my care, I've gotten fantastic care, actually has an acupuncturist who, who is part of the staff and mm. she is on the floor giving people acupuncture to help with things like loss of ap- appetite, nausea, helping people feel their best. So there's, you know, lots and lots of options out there as well as things like, again, being physically active, eating a healthy plant-based diet, you know, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. or eliminating alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about some of the risk factors when we come back from this last break of the hour. Uh, that uh, you um, put the words in my mouth there. <laughs> that's that's the uh, preview of coming attractions right after uh, just a momentary break here. Uh, risks, and then also let's talk about nutrition since you're a uh, registered dietitian. Uh, some of the preventative measures and adjunctive treatments for breast cancer, nutritionally speaking, uh, as well as men having breast cancer. Men can also get breast cancer, and uh, what about uh, what about that? As well as we'll talk about other abnormalities on the breast that men can suffer from as well. Back after this with more information for your good health here on Dr. Health. I'm David Snow. Don't go anywhere. If you want to stay healthy, Dr. Health returns right after this. Noni has been used by Polynesians and Hawaiians for over 2,000 years as their main medicinal plant. Now our new products bring the power of noni fruit to you in a pleasant-to-use form. Noni fruit leather is made from pure, organic, unfermented fruit and offers relief for many health problems inside and out. Our soothing lavender noni lotion helps with pain, skin ailments, and sports injuries. Noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion are available online or at most health food stores. Try our noni lotion and fruit leather for improved health and energy. Curcumin-rich theracurmin from Natural Factors is a special form of curcumin, the yellow pigment of turmeric that has shown many wondrous health benefits. 
TheraCureMan represents a major scientific breakthrough. Clinical studies show that when it comes to absorption, TheraCureMan is by far number one. Finally, the powerful health benefits of curcumin can be realized with curcumin-rich TheraCureMan. To learn more, visit naturalfactors.com. Do you know there is a silent killer living among us? High blood pressure. It affects nearly one in three Americans and is a primary risk factor for stroke and heart attack. The CDC estimates that almost 20% of those with high blood pressure don't even know they have it. That's not surprising since high blood pressure or hypertension is often symptomless. Research studies have shown that a daily dose of aged garlic extract can safely and effectively help to reduce blood pressure, as well as benefiting a number of other cardiovascular risk factors. And the most researched and highly respected aged garlic extract is all-natural Kyolic aged garlic extract. Odorless and organically grown, Kyolic aged garlic extract has been clinically tested to support blood pressure and cardiovascular health. So, along with getting your blood pressure checked regularly, get Kyolic Formula 109 for blood pressure and cardiovascular support today. Available at Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, GNC, and fine health food stores everywhere. Welcome back to your weekly dose of verbal vitamins. It's the cure for the common radio show. David Snow on your radio. If you're just joining us, Dr. Ellen Albertson is our guest. She's the author of Rock Your Midlife. Dr. Albertson, what do you, how do you define midlife? What age do you define people being in their midlife? I consider it between 40 and, let's say, mid-60s, but it's really that point in time when you start to realize that there is less time in front of you than behind you, and, you know, we're all gifted, particularly if we follow the advice that you give on this show. We take our supplements, we take care of our body. So many of us are living into our 80s, 90s, even to 100, so we're kind of gifted with the second adulthood, and so I'm, like, really wrote the book and here to tell people that, Midlife is awesome, and this whole second adulthood that's it's kind of the gateway to that can just be the best time of your life, even if you do get breast cancer. I'm still loving my life, having a great time, hoping this is just a blip on my radar screen. I've made you know, some lifestyle changes, more kind of changes in my mentality to help me stay in remission, but it's really a beautiful time. All right. Now, uh, on that note, let's tell people how to get your book, Rock Your Midlife. What's your uh, website, or can people get it in the bookstores? It, you can ask your bookseller. You can get it on Amazon. It's Rock Your Midlife. And you can also go to my website, which is themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. I'd love to hear from you. I've got a, a podcast as well called Rock Your Midlife. All right. And speaking of midlife, here at Dr. Health Radio, we like to think of 100 as the new 70. Uh, and so uh, just that. putting it out there. Okay. Three questions. We only have... Uh, about six minutes left, so just a minute or two on each question. Uh, number one, the risks. You mentioned alcohol, um, uh, you know, uh, obesity, I'm, I, I know, is uh, factored into that, especially for breast cancer. Uh, what are some of the other um, aspects of um, risks for breast cancer? Yeah, well, first, getting older. So the risk yep. of breast cancer mm-hmm. increases with age. Most breast cancers are diagnosed over 50, genetic mutations. So if you have a genetic mutation in your BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene, we all know about Angelina Jolie and that we know what she decided to have everything removed so that she wouldn't get cancer. Your reproductive history. So if you started menstruation before the age of 12 or started menopause after 55, means you've got more hormones um, around. Having dense breasts, which I discuss, puts you at a higher risk. It's harder to diagnose a mammogram as well. Um, any personal history of cancer, of breast cancer or non-cancerous breast diseases, family history of breast or ovarian cancer, um, previous treatment using any radiation therapy, and um, exposure to the drug DES are all factors. But the risk factors you can change, which is so cool, is get physically active, maintain a healthy weight, some controversy around whether or not to take hormones. So if you're thinking about hormone replacement therapy, again, talk it over with your doctor. Same thing with certain oral contraceptives your reproductive history, so having a first pregnancy um, after age 30 and not breastfeeding, so having babies earlier, breastfeeding, and again, alcohol, which we've mentioned, um, it really can increase your risk. So either go moderate or don't drink at all. All right, that's good advice. And also, uh, let's get some advice on nutrition. Now, you mentioned earlier in the show 
about vitamin C uh, d- doing it IV for cancer therapy, uh, you know, not as a preventative, uh, but also a plant-based diet, uh, turmeric or the curcumin, which uh, one of our partners here, uh, the Theracurmin by Natural Factors is, is one turmeric that is uh, very, very concentrated. But uh, uh, what are some of the other nutritional aspects of uh, a healthy lifestyle that we can engage in? Yeah, keeping your dietary fat low and yep. not getting mm-hmm. as much of the saturated fat. You know, the two best foods, I should say, I would say the three top foods for prevention or just general green tea. Green tea is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Blueberries mm-hmm. and walnuts are all really, really good. Again, making sure that you're getting at least, you know, three to five servings of vegetables or more, particularly leafy greens, two to four of fruit, eating more plant-based forms of protein. So your beans, your soy, uh, drinking eight ounces of glasses of water every single day. Some issues around limiting caffeine to just one or two cups a day. So it's going more in the herbal tea direction. We talked about alcohol. Staying away from the processed foods, so the nitrates, the nitrates, the food additives, and I would say too, just because you know you were talking about the um, some of the products that you share with on your show, I've realized too the I've staying away from um, toxic beauty products. So I've ah, really gone natural right. with my, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You want to use um, sunscreen, but you want to make sure maybe to go in the more natural because there is some things again around sunscreen, around using plastic water bottles yep. that mm-hmm. can leach additives, making sure that you're drinking water that's been filtered. So I just, um, you know, use a water filtration device. So all of the healthy things that you do. And, and the cool thing is doing these things, not only you're preventing cancer, but you're feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? absolutely. And no, no. And, and I want to add the uh, three Ps too. And, and you mentioned a couple of them, but plastics, perfumes, and pesticides. Those are all yep. chemicals that we can do without and we can do better without them, especially when it comes to reducing our risk of breast cancer. We only have a minute or two left. So let's, let's address about, or let's talk uh, just for a minute or two about how, men can actually have breast cancer too. And it's not only a a woman's disease and uh, they can have, of course, other breast abnormalities such as gynecomastia, which is enlarged breasts from hormone imbalances or taking, you know, testosterone and, and uh, going off of it, that kind of thing. But, uh, but let's talk about uh, the, uh, you know, the incidence is much, much lower, but still it's, it's a, it's a it's not a clear and present danger, but uh, uh, it, there is some risk, and uh, I think it's what a few thousand men get diagnosed every year. Uh, two or three thousand men a, a year get diagnosed with yep. breast cancer. It's about twenty seven hundred men, and approximately five hundred thirty will die from the disease. Um, so I think that you know the bottom line. I'm not advocating all that men should get mammograms or anything like that, but but listen to your intuition. If you feel that something isn't right, if something doesn't look right, if you feel lumps, if you see skin discoloration, something looks weird and your intuition's like, that's strange. I mean, see your doctor. Mm-hmm. Make an appointment. See your doctor. It's probably not any major deal, but it could save your life. Absolutely. So early detection is where it's at. Great, great. Uh, give us your website and book title once more and how people can get your book, Rock Your Midlife. So my website is themidlifewhisper.com, all together, themidlifewhisper.com. You can buy my book, Rock Your Midlife, there. And you can also get Rock Your Midlife on Amazon. And you can also go into your book favorite bookstore and ask them to order it for you if you prefer doing that. All right. And uh, Dr. Albertson, I must commend you on... Uh, kind of uh, getting a um, support group around you. I mean, you had a whole team of people that are uh, have helped you and are continuing to help you. So all the best. Thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. There goes Ellen, Dr. Ellen Albertson. And here we go with another edition. But join us again next week for Matters of the Heart, especially congestive heart failure. Our guest expert tells all. That's next week, 168 hours from right now. Until then, thank you for joining us. I'm David Snow reminding you that it isn't how long you live, it's how you live long. Aloha. Have a healthy week.